everybody. Welcome to another week of ranting and raving for my co-host here, Eric Marcus. I am Kellen Key. We are going to dive right into it with a lot of goodies. Uh, today's show, we're going to be talking through some uh, more lineup stuff. Uh, we're going to be talking through uh, curveball here. I'm going to talk a little World Baseball Classic stuff because <laughs> that's kicked off and we're excited about it. Uh, we're talking stocks. The markets on certain places up, down, no change. Uh, player evaluations, and uh, yeah, we're going to hit a lot. So we're going to try and move fast but have some fun. Eric, how you doing? I'm pretty good. You know, I'm always ready to talk about the Braves. Always ready, day and night, 24-7. <laughs> pretty it's much. a lifestyle, people. <laughs> it's oh, a lifestyle. Man. Yeah, what about you? How, how have you been? You know, other than I feel like every time we record, it's raining like it's it's a break now. It's a little bit cloudy, but I'm like, it, it's a it's a catch 22. If it doesn't rain, we get swallowed up by all this pollen because this year it is bad. Um, But if it does rain, it's just you can't do anything fun. So, yeah, you know, it's that catch 22. But otherwise, I'm good. We're good. Everything <laughs> is good. Yeah, we've got rain out here today, too. It's weird because it's been clear for the whole week. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, rain's coming. It's not going to stop for three days. And we're like, okay, well, I guess that's going to be a thing. So, yeah, it's rainy. And I don't know. I like the rain, though. I think this is fun. But it's way easier when I just sit inside here and don't have to do anything. So, yeah. I got to work outside this week. So, you know, I felt good. Um, but man, diving into it, um, the games over the past week, our second week of spring training games, Eric, Uh they are done for, uh, first impressions on that, or I guess second impressions, second impressions. (laughs) Yeah. So far they look good. I mean, in general, like as a global, like when the regular lineup is out there, they look good. Like there's no team out there that's like legitimately like, oh, I don't think we can beat those guys. Like. You play the Yankees, we can beat them. You play the Mets, we beat them. You play Puerto Rico, we kick their butt. So we play the Dominican Republic and we get our high knees handed to us. Yeah, whatever. They're an all star team and we look good through two innings. And those are the two innings I cared about. So, I mean, whatever. We're fine. We're fine. That Soto guy, he's not that good. He's only hitting like 800 through spring training. Whatever. What does Eric know? Yeah, but what is he fielding? <laughs> I mean, there's a, you can always hide defensive a guy. metrics. Yeah, well, he'll be all right. Um, but no, we look good. I think, I don't know. There's no reason for me to be afraid. I mean, even if I think at the end of the day, Strider and Max Fried look awesome. And that is all like, that is a huge step in the right direction because if you've got two guys that are going to be, excuse me, consistently dominant, the rest of the lineup is going to figure itself out and the lineup looks good too. So we can hit, we've got guys that are going to pitch and they'll figure it out. So in general, I feel good. What about you? Where are you thinking? Where are you? I feel very good about our outfield depth. Um, Having guys like Ronnie and Eddie, uh, runoff for World Baseball Classic teams. I think we get a chance. We've gotten a chance to see some of the other guys 
Um, and they're fun. You know, I, last week I talked about Justin Dean and Eli White because it's Eli White's world and everybody else is just living in it. Um, mm-hmm. But like Forrest Hall, you know, um, he has looked really good. And uh-huh. that's a guy that, that's got options that you can send down. Uh, Sam Hilliard has stepped up now to play and I'm excited about him, man. He's got a he's got a stroke. Um, yeah. And so, you know, he's another lefty bat that if Eddie somehow manages to not see the ball again or just can't hit, we've got a guy that we can plug in that's got like decent defense, you know? Yeah. Um, he, remi- he reminds me very much of Adam Duvall, guy that's going to hit, a guy who's going to play some decent defense, can run around a little bit. It's like, okay, I can plug that guy in. I'll figure out a way to use him, which is really good. Like, those are the guys you need. You don't want to just have nine guys in a lineup and then a just dead spot on your bench. Like you need guys off the bench that can hit. You do. Well, you need guys on your bench that can actually fill roles. Um, And I think the hard part is the defensive depth last year almost killed us. Yeah. uh, Or the lack of. And so, you know, almost an overcompensation. And then the infield depth, I feel a little bit better about, Um, you know, beyond the guys like uh, Adrianza and Echevarria, you know, I mean, like those are guys where you're like, eh, you know, okay. Whatever. At least both but of like, those guys can play a confident shortstop, and you're like, all right, if everything hits, if, like if stuff hits the fan, you can plug those guys into shortstop and like know that they're going to field the position. But you want something a little extra, something to give you some sizzle. And I do I think actually got some and, sizzle off the bench. Well, and Braden Shoemake can bring some sizzle too. I know before we started recording, we had a, a little to do about him, but his his stock is up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, as you're looking at who's who's got whose stock is rising, in your opinion, and whose stock is is falling the most. Uh, huh. Rising. I think Sam Hilliard is a guy that I'm really excited to watch. I was reading an article earlier this week about kind of who he is and what he can do and. He's a big guy and he's strong and he can hit. And if that's a guy that you can kind of unearth and he gets regular at bats, that's a guy you can plug into left field. And Rosario's done at the end of this year. So if Hilliard can prove that he can be that guy, then you've got three, four years of a guy that can be really impactful. And I think a good team needs those guys. The Dodgers had that from Justin Turner. The Braves just experienced that with Travis Darno. Like you need guys that you don't expect much that you get at a cheap deal and they pop and you're like, oh yeah, you're really good. We need to play you more. Like that's, those are really important. And I think good teams find those guys. I think guys like him play really well because they know they're looking at a bottom third of the order type role and there's, there's no pressure. Right. You don't have the same expectations as a two, three, four, or even a five hitter. And, mm-hmm. you know, all you got to do is just, you know, if the ball's grooved, if they give you a meatball, send it back, you know, get on base, um, you know, and set, set up for the top because I mean, not many teams have a guy like Ronald Acuna at right. number one in their order, you know, the kind of guy that can hit, put up the slugging numbers or the extra base hits that a guy like Hilliard can, can run around the bases and, you know, get a run or two here and there. Um, so, you know, those guys play better when the pressure's off, they've got to just go in, put in the work, do their job and move on. Yeah. 
I think I think it's a really good it's really good to see a guy off the bench, a guy that we didn't expect anything from to start looking like a regular or look like a guy that belongs because it's going to make it easier for you to cut ties with guys like Marcelo Zuna, who I'm still not ready to hand the opening day job to, or Eddie Rosario, who's batting number three for Puerto Rico, which is going to make me really sad when Puerto Rico gets knocked out in the first round because we suck. Um, yeah, I'm not so sure about that. Also, um, I know the games haven't mattered yet, but USA does not look good. Like nope. I know I'm jumping the gun on the World Baseball Classic stuff, but USA does not look good. I mean, I could have told you that a long time ago when they were putting this roster together and they bought in on all the Cardinals hype and they filled the roster with like five Cardinals guys, but they're not that good. Well, and you had guys like uh, Kershaw and Degrom, and well, no Kershaw. Who who backed out? Who backed Kershaw out? backed DeGrom? out. I don't think Degrom ever was on the team. Oh, okay. I but thought he Kershaw was. backed out. Um. Was it just? I, I remember us talking about it and see. I I saw it in a couple articles. Like a lot of the pitching backed out right at the last second. Right. Um, so yeah, and then like if you look at their batting order, I mean, it's okay. I mean, it's not the best. It's not the worst. Um, you know, and we don't. I don't know, man. I just I think you never want to believe a team like like the Dominican where you look at them on paper and go, wow. This team is far and away the best team in this competition and yeah. second place isn't even close. You don't want to you don't want to call it, but the way it's looking, actually, the way it's looking, it looks like it's going to be the Dominican Japan. But yeah, Japan um, looks like they came to play. Yeah. And apparently Lars Newbar is really good. Another Cardinals guy. What is with these Cardinals? I don't know. I don't know, but I think if we have to see another Cardinals resurgence in in the rest of this decade, I'm going to be, I'm not going to be happy. Yeah, I hear you there. I hate watching the Cardinals. I was I was at the wild card game, the infield fly rule, man. Oh. I will never forgive them. Never, ever, ever. Oh man, that was that they had to pay that umpire. Oh man, I remember. So the, when that game happened, I am in my apartment. I was like still in college, but not like done with college. And I was in my apartment watching the game and I had to go to work like midway through the game. So I'm like, okay, well the Braves will get off to a hot start. Chris Madlin had been pitching and he'd been really good all, all season. And he starts looking not so great. And then the infield fly rule thing happens. And then I have to go to work and I was just pissed off going to work, angry, frustrated, and then the Braves lost, and my friends are texting me like, this is the worst game ever, and they're not even Braves fans. But it was just an abomination. Um, were you one of the people throwing trash? I don't know if I'll get arrested if I admit it on audio. <laughs> so I'm going to leave it just ambiguous enough for people to make educated assumptions. <laughs> oh, I'll no. tell you, though, that was also the last time I ate inside of an Applebee's because we went to Applebee's afterward uh-huh. to eat. Because we were hungry and everybody else decided that they were going to go to their friendly neighborhood Applebee's and it was not so friendly. (laughs) And I just it was awful. And we had to relive it over and over again. Every TV was on the replay. Everybody was talking about it. I was like, can we can we just not can we not? That was the last time I had an Applebee's. That's rough. That would kill Applebee's for me, too. It killed. That's why you don't go to Chili's. Don't go to Chili's because Chili's is too good. Well, 
<laughs> Applebee's is ruined for me forever. But anyway, um, looking at uh, the infield, we talked a little uh-huh. bit about the uh, the outfield. Um, and we're talking about World Baseball Classic, but um, infield stock, whose stock has grown the most and whose stock has dropped? I mean, for me, I'd still say that because the expectations going into this year for Vaughn Grissom were he couldn't play shortstop and he ended the season struggling with the bat. And I think he has shown us, hey, my bat is fine. I am. He's going to be a competent major league hitter, which is good because that's what he showed us in the beginning of the season and then tapered off. I think he's back to that. So that's a good thing. And then his glove has been solid. Like, He's not going to be a gold glove winner or a superstar or anything like that, but he can feel the position and that's all I really need. Like, don't get me wrong. I like Dansby Swanson, but Dansby Swanson wasn't a superstar until like the very end. So we got by with bad Dansby Swanson and we're going to get by with just okay Von Grissom too. We'll be fine. That's my, that's my takeaway. So stock up on him. Despite the fact that Dansby Swanson was not my favorite brave and it, was never a competition and you know this i just was never on the dance beast Watson hype it's train okay. i ca- i carried um, that train as far as i could until he broke me or he didn't break me i was i knew he was leaving but he broke my wife's heart he made her yeah it's that hair it's that yeah, hair well, and that yeah. and that sage but um <laughs> I, I, say what you want about him on either side he always played above average to well above average defense mm-hmm. and you knew even if he was struggling with the bat, drop him to eight, nine in the lineup shortstop def- defense was never going to be a problem. Right. Um, I can't remember the last time I was at a game or watched a game where he committed an egregious error, except for the world series. And <laughs> quite frankly, on the biggest stage, your first time in your hometown, like, okay, I can, I can give you that pass, especially because we won. If we had lost, this would be a different conversation. Yeah. Um, but Vaughn's, I mean, through spring, Vaughn's batting 294 right now. Um, and he's got a stolen base. So, I mean, if he develops some plate discipline and he stays an average hitter, like he's fine. But it's the defense. It's yeah. the defense for me. Um, he's not got a great first step. Mm-hmm. And he's he's athletic, but he's not rangy. Yeah. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Um, he's probably more strong athletic than quick athletic. And it's probably not what you want from a shortstop. Like you kind of want a guy that's going to like, I went, I mean, you and I grew up in the same era. So when I think of a shortstop, I think of like, like Rafael Rafael call, like a guy who's going to get to every ball and then is going to give everything he's got to get to first. And sometimes that didn't look pretty because sometimes it would airmail over the first baseman's head. I don't think we're going to see that too much anymore, but I still like I'm used to a guy that's going to like get to every ball in shortstop and I don't know if he's going to do that. So I'll See, give you that. That's fair. For call though, his his defense was was stellar. Mm-hmm. He was he was a traditionalist leadoff hitter. Yeah. Could get on base, could swipe the bags, and that's all you need from a shortstop. Right. That's all you need. Right, power is great, Trevor Story and, you know, a 100 101 mile an hour fastball to first base that's semi-accurate is great but like at the end of the day you need those defensive runs saved and you need a guy with some speed that can create some havoc especially in this new era where Uh people are stealing bases again Mm -hmm. i do like that i think that's so cool it's so much more fun 
like my favorite player, one of my favorite players growing up was Kenny Lofton. And it is so what cool to see guys. I liked him. I mean, he, I don't know. I, he I could play, I, but that man was a D bag. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, it is what it is. Yeah. But him, Juan Pierre. I loved Juan Pierre. He was always so cool. Juan was fun. Juan was fun. So, uh, so is Vaughn up or down? I think. Stock I up? mean, I'm calling it up, but that's because my expectations were low. I think as long as he can be a competent shortstop, I think he's fine. Um, so I'll call that up. Um, but who's yeah, down? We're, um, oh my gosh! I mean, everybody else. Because I mean, not everybody <laughs> else. Like the the lineup. Looks, I mean, Austin Riley looks good. Matt Olson, I mean, those two dudes, those guys look like they're going to carry this team, and that's a good thing because that's what you needed. Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, Sean Murphy's looked good. So, like, the starters all have looked fine. Ozzy Albies, he's off to a slow start, but I'm not worried about that. That's normal. He's coming back I mean, Freddie, would, Freddie got off to slow starts, and he was fine, so I'm not worried about Ozzy. Not to say that these two are the same people, but you know what I mean. Um, but, like, anyone who comes off the bench, I'm like, ugh. I mean, with the exception of Braden Shoemake, who's also looked good. Um, Adrian's has not given me any confidence. Anyone who ever plays first base or third base doesn't give me any confidence. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. So you just mentioned mine, so I'm going to go right into it. Stock up for me is Braden Shoemake. Um, you know, he's been he's been doing it okay with the bat in spring. Um, he's been playing a really good defense, which is kind of a flip from what we would have expected coming out of college. And I know he was a pretty controversial pick in the first round, Mm -hmm. but you know, good, good shortstop bat coming out of Texas A&M that you thought, okay, put in some glove work and he could be an everyday guy, but it's been, you know, his glove has been the only thing that's kept him in these minor league lineups and kept him moving up. Um, And the bat showed up a little bit toward the end of last Mm -hmm. year. If you look at his numbers before he and Travis Demerit decided to, make it a thing um, <laughs> and then knock him out for the rest of the year. Um, thanks, Travis. But, uh, you know, he's been doing really, really, really well. And for all the people, me included, who thought this guy was a waste of a pick and would never have an everyday shortstop job, um, I think he's close. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a, he's a, he's proven that he can steal bags in the minors. His glove is showing up. I mean, you put him with Washington and, I mean – you know, really but he's good. he's got the range to make mm-hmm. the plays. He's got the glove in the arm and he's not he's not going to kill you with the power, but he's got enough bat speed that he can get those extra base hits every once in a while. Get on base, swipe a bag. You know, he's your seven, eight or not seven, eight. He's probably your eight, nine hitter left handed bat, which we really need um, yeah. to balance out that lineup card. And um, I think his stock is up, especially if, if Vaughn decides you know, to somehow forget how to field shortstop or his God forbid his bat goes as cold as it did in September last year. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you've got a guy that has some speed and range and ability um, who very well could, and this is not me predicting the future, but in, in a, in a different parallel universe, there might be a world where Braden Shoemake comes up this year and Braden Shoemake is this year's Vaughn Grissom. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And takes over the everyday shortstop duties, which, you know, I I, I think he's 23 or 24. So he's got a little bit more experience than a guy like Vaughn. Mm -hmm. And like, 
you know, everybody's talking about, well, is Vaughn really a left fielder? You know, see this is or that I, you know, it could, there's a world where Vaughn gets moved to left field because Braden Shoemaker just outplays him. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I could be, I would not be surprised to see Vaughn Grissom eventually transition to utility player. And that's because the bat's going to be the main carrying tool and his defense is going to be versatile enough that you're going to put him in multiple spots or the shortstop second base left field. But I think that's ultimately, he's ultimately going to be a uh, transition to a Jack of all trades kind of guy. And mm-hmm. you need guys like that. Whereas I could definitely see Shoemaker taking over at shortstop and maybe being the guy. I don't, have the confidence in him that he's going to take off like Michael Harris did or guys like that. I don't think he has superstar written on him, but I could see solid shortstop who can field the position and bat enough. And on a good team, that's all you really need. I mean, the Braves got by with Walt Weiss for a while as their shortstop and he's nothing special. So I think we're going to be just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he's my he's my 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 big stock riser. And then my dropper is is gonna be whoever plays the shortstop position that we already isn't already isn't gonna be on on the team. So the Echeverria is <laughs> dropper the is Adrian says it's it is because because when you look at it, I mean, you know, uh, the the more that Vaughn Grissom plays even at, at par or average is the 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 smaller the chance grows that those guys are going to get a bench spot. Cause realistically there are, there are maybe two spots on this bench up for grabs mm-hmm. by guys who aren't pretty much guaranteed yeah. a spot. And you know, one of those, if not both of those are going to go to an outfielder, mm-hmm. um, you know, Brian Snitker and his infinite wisdom for all we know, will ha- tell Anthopolis, Hey, that Kevin Pilar guy, you know, I know he's 34, but he's a veteran. So drop him on that. the squad. And I could totally need- see that. And then you need either another outfielder or some speed or or a guy that can, you know, provide some platoon ability or work with Rosario. And at that point, it's like there's there's no spots. There's nothing left. So um, who knows? Um, But, yeah, I think the longer Vaughn doesn't fail or just totally flounder. Um, mm-hmm. the windows closing for those guys. So I'm not, I'm not buying the stock on those guys yet. Although I'm not buying stock on Shoemaker yet either. But it's 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 fast rising, and I'm watching it. Um, yeah, pitching stock. Who's up? Who's down? Um, well, Street or Street, <laughs> Freed and Strider both look like superstars, which is good. We needed that. And then, um, I mean, we've had some nice contributions from like Dylan Dodd look good. Um, who's the other guy? Oh gosh. Jared Schuster looked good against the Red Sox for like three innings until they pulled him, which I don't think he makes the rotation, but he's certainly saying, Hey, don't forget about me. Um, and Ian Anderson had a bounce back. So, I mean, it's still fried and Strider and freed. I can't talk right now, um, but those guys look good. What about you? Where are you at? They do. Um, yeah, the two guys you need to look good, look great. Um, you know, it'd be nice if we could see a Soroka or a Wright and get the full experience, but we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Dodd looked really – actually, I'll tell you, Dodd, the first time through the order against the Dominican team, the the Monstar team looked really good. <laughs> like, 
I mean, he was he was going to bat with a one to nine lineup of guys where you're like, this is this is better than some all star teams that have been assembled. It's just unfair. Um, now, second time through the order, he um, <laughs> not so much. <laughs> he went face first into the buzzsaw. But um, yeah, so I'm I'm I said it last week, but I'll say it again. I'm I'm putting stock. I'm investing in, in the Dodd train. Um, and I think Schuster is is the guy that if he continues to look as good as he did, if not better in his spring, I think that was his debut against the Red Sox. Um, if he looks that good or continues to improve, he'll be the first lefty called up. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. You know, I like I like the elders and I like the Allards. But, you know, Colby, we had him once, and it was not pretty. Not pretty. So, who knows? But, yeah, yeah. I think she looks good. I think my 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 stock drop, despite the fact that he has looked good, um, I still don't trust Ian Anderson. Um, the the two-pitch mix, um, you know, he, he had a bounce-back start, and that's fine. Um but you know, and I'll I'll tell you the other thing. Hot take. Um, a lot of people think Jesse Chavez is a lock for this bullpen as the long man. Uh, I am I'm pulling out any investment I've got if we're talking stock language with with a Jesse Chavez. Um mm-hmm. because he's he's like 38, 39, mm-hmm. something like that. Uh-huh. And you know, you know the the bottom is just gonna drop out at some point. Right, right. And is it is it going to drop out now or is it we're going to be in are we going to be in July, August or September relying on him to be a long reliever type and the bottom drops out and then we're scrambling to find a guy who can who can do that. So those are mine. So this would be my case for Chavez. And as someone who agrees with you that I don't think I don't I mean, his results don't give me any reason to believe that he deserves a regular spot in the in the bullpen. But this would be my case. There's going to be a game where you're going to be down eight to nothing or 12 to two and or you're going to be up by a bunch and you've got two or three innings that you just need to eat and. Who do you want eating those innings? Do you want Colin McHugh eating those innings? Do you want Lucas Leakey or Kirby Yates? Or do you want Jesse Chavez with his rubber arm going out there? I'm going to take Jesse Chavez in a game that doesn't matter to go out there and say, hey, guys, that's my, this is my job. I'll take the mop-up role. I'll be the janitor. I'll take care of this. And that's why he's there besides, like, kind of being a coach in the bullpen I think he's probably going to end up being a pitching coach at some point and if you've got a guy like that I mean Darren O'Day was that for a few years where it's like oh yeah this is a guy who we know his best years are past him but he brings leadership into the bullpen which is going to be vital for other guys like AJ Minter at some point or Dylan Lee who will probably be or probably Colin McHugh is going to be the next like okay dude like you're way over the hill, but you're such a veteran here that we don't want you going anywhere else. Like, I think you need those guys, especially over the long haul of a season. Like, don't get me wrong. Is he going to be pitching the postseason unless he gets his numbers right? No. But I could see him taking the spot and pushing some of those younger guys down into AAA because I think Dylan Lee 
will probably start at AAA because even though he's been really good and he's shown you no reason why he deserves to be in AAA, he's young and he can you can afford to keep him in AAA. Whereas other guys, I think Lucas Leakey is going to be short for the Braves, but I think he probably starts the season with the Braves and who knows what happens after that. Well, yeah, he's making but, cash money. I mean, he's making yeah. five or six million a year. So, I mean, you are you going to let that go to waste in AAA, or are you going to bring that guy into the bullpen and try to get something out of him? I mean, we traded for the guy, exactly. so I imagine that would be they, the case. So, right. But I think all right. I think he holds a spot. Um, you never know. I mean, guys get hurt, and so it's always good to have a veteran guy. But I think Jesse Chavez starts the year with the major league club and if he struggles in the first month then he has a hamstring injury or a toe injury or a phantom strained toenail yeah his strained left ear is ailing him and um i he has a bad ear and then they and then he ends up in triple a or i mean on the injured list i'm all over the place right now it's that cold man you're good um, so flu pivoting, game. flu game strong. Um, so pivoting a little bit, playing a game, we'll do this with the starting rotation today, and then maybe next week we'll do uh infield and or outfield. But, um, best case, worst case, okay. Um, starting rotation projected by uh Sports Illustrated for 2023, which I found very interesting. Uh huh. Um, and I'd like to get your opinion on that. They've got the Freed, Wright, Strider, Morton, Anderson. Okay. And under other options that could appear in the bullpen, their first option is Waskar Yanoa. Well, that's not going to happen because he's hurt for the year. Good job, Sports Illustrated. Clearly so didn't hire a Braves guy. Well, you know, that's, that's I mean, what we you get. never know. Jesus could come and heal his arm and he makes five spring training starts and Brian Snickers like, Oh my gosh, you are, you've been touched by God. I I am a believer and welcome to the starting rotation. I think that's I mean, what that, that sports illustrated guy was trying to do. It's just for the sure gospel. Would be nice. He just wanted people to know that Jesus can heal. And he picked Waskar and Noah. Well, of I just course. thought that was interesting. But um, <laughs> That's funny. could be fun. Um, so starting pitchers, Freed, Strider, Wright, Morton, and then they've got uh, or MLB has Ian Anderson as yeah. the projected fifth guy. So uh, starting from the top, Max Freed, best case scenario, worst case scenario, best case scenario, Cy Young, worst case scenario, um, not an all star and is just OK. Kind of a like high threes ERA um, kind of. 10 wins and 11 losses kind of a thing. Just kind of, he's going to give you length, but never really finds it. His strikeout numbers drop and he gets hit harder than you thought. And it makes you feel really not so good. That would be my worst case scenario. It's just average. Yeah. Uh, My best case scenario is he wins the Cy Young. Um, My worst case scenario is he wins the Cy Young and therefore asks for a trade to a team that's going to give him a long-term <laughs> deal for a ton of money. It could happen. The it haul happen. you would get for Max Freed, though, as a Cy Young winner would be amazing. It Well, 
Yes and no, because again, it's like the lottery is every one of these. Uh, look at what we sent the A's for Matt Olson. Like, you know, I, that was a that was a dumpster fire. Yeah, the problem is, trade. is we're not the A's. We well, okay, you're not wrong, but we gotta hope that even one of those guys hits as good, if not even a little bit less. Somebody than a call Matt's up read. the but guy from the Diamondbacks and get. Dansby Swanson Jr. For Shelby and... Miller. <laughs> Oy, but, um, but yeah, okay. I think I think that's I I I don't see anybody in the league that's really gonna like really test him for a yeah. Cy Young if he pitches as well, if not better, than he did last year. Um yeah. number two, they've got Spencer Strider as the number two, which yeah. I kind of like. Mm-hmm. So best case, worst case. Best case scenario is he turns into Randy Johnson, but he's short, like some blend of Randy Johnson, Jacob DeGrom, and nobody can hit him. And he, I mean, he could also be a Cy Young Award winner. I think he has the stuff to do it, the consistency to do it, the attitude to do it. And he has proven himself to be valuable and note or like some of the people know. And I think that could bode really well for his case. Yeah. And then worst case scenario. I mean, besides hurt, which is a really lame worst case scenario, but I think it's that people that the, the velocity drops, the sliders a little less slidey and he gets hit a little harder than we thought. And he ends up in triple a. Yeah. I think best case for me, he'll get some Cy Young vote, something he'll win. Um, But I think, you know, a guy like that, Give me, give me a three five, three seven five ERA with two hundred seventy five strikeouts or more. Um, you know, I think best case that he could he could get some votes, but not anything crazy. I think worst case. Um, I mean, we we joke about Ian being a two pitch pitcher, but he is essentially a two pitch pitcher. He does not uh-huh. throw that change up, but for once every blue harvest moon, right? Um, and I think with the pitch clock and the added pressure, um. I think the first two weeks of the season will dictate um, will him being a two pitch pitcher. Will he be elite and will mm-hmm. the pitch clock help him mm-hmm. um, because the batter's got to get in the box or, or will it hurt him? And mm-hmm. will, will his numbers regress so far that we either put him in the bullpen or send him to triple a. Yeah. I yeah. don't think we put him in the bullpen, although he was great mm-hmm. out of the bullpen last year, but mm-hmm. um yeah, I think that's that is worst case for him in a in a in a possible though not probable future. Yeah. Kyle Wright. Kyle Wright. Worst I case, best case. Best case scenario is he makes a rotation, he backs up where he was last year, and he's just a bulldog. He's a guy that's gonna eat innings and you're gonna every time he goes out there, you feel like you've got a legitimate chance to win, and he's gonna do that. I think worst case scenario is he continues to have shoulder issues and you don't see him this year. I mean, shoulder issues are one of those things where if you've got a shoulder issue that could kill you for a long time. And I, he hasn't pitched, so there's no reason to believe that he's for sure going to. So I think worst case scenario is he doesn't make it. Yeah. Um, Best case scenario for Kyle Wright, in my opinion, is he, his pitch selection and his his delivery, he gets a little bit more whiff because um, he is pretty much a ground ball pitcher. He's not a strikeout yeah. guy. Uh-huh. Um, 
So I think his whiff rate somehow goes up if he can get some extra spin rate on that curveball. Um, yeah. Worst case scenario, because there is no shift and uh-huh. you have a potential Ooh. liability at shortstop, uh-huh. um, his his numbers regress so far that Braves country and or the management overreacts to mm. the regression and he he gets demoted or somehow AA pulls his wizardry and and packages him in a deal somewhere for you know a long-term option at left field or shortstop uh-huh. yeah or yeah that would be really interesting i i mean if you're i mean his numbers would need to bounce back enough for him to be a worthy trade chip but yeah i could see that too i mean that would also kind of be dependent on some of the back end guys giving you something that's worthy of starting because you can't trade a starter if you don't have somebody behind him to replace him with. But that would, I could totally see that too, where it's like, okay, yeah, this guy, he's just not as good as he used to be. And if we flip that, then there better be something behind it. Otherwise you're in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. I just ground ball guy. Um, If you're infield, especially your shortstop, because Righty on righty, if he's throwing off speed and they get ahead of it, but just enough that it, I just, you know, so I think, I think his wit will go up a, mm-hmm. a good tick this mm-hmm. year, just based on that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So best case scenario for um, Charlie Morton, Charlie Morton, the salt man, the salt man. Um, I'm salty with him. <laughs> I'm, I am. I'm all dried out on him. Um, I think if I had to pick best case scenario for Morton is, um, you know, he gives us a good solid three quarters of a season. And then he, he inevitably makes way for a standout in triple A or the bullpen. And he rides off into the sunset um, celebrated and just, understanding that he's done. Um, I think worst case scenario is age spin rates decline. He comes out of the gate and he is not good. He, uh, he is, uh, he gives up home run on home run. The strikeout numbers drop, the contact numbers drop. Um, I think it's a very real possibility given his age um, I just, that's not what you want in the beginning of the season. We have overcome worse, but, um, Charlie Morton, um, real, uh, it's going to be, he's going to be the wild card in that, mm-hmm. in that rotation. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I think Charlie Morton best case scenario is he, the strikeout numbers stay good. He gives us another year of, um, of just solid starter. And then he does retire at the end of the season because that to me is considered best case scenarios. You get a solid year out of a guy that's old and then he retires because I, I think I'm ready to be done with the Morton experience. He's been really good. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll give you some contribution in the playoffs. I think he can be a stalwart in the rotation in the times that you need it most. I think he gives you everything that you want. But every year that he continues to be out there, I have less and less confidence that that's the result we're going to get. So that's my best case scenario. Worst case scenario is he is okay, 
and he's hot and cold and he has more hot or more cold than hot, but he has a good month right at the end of the season. And Alex Anthopoulos gives him another 20 year, $20 million a year contract to play another year. And we have to watch him again next year, $20 million. That would drive me crazy. So that would be my worst case scenario. I would rage. Um, <laughs> but, but given history, it could happen. It could happen. I don't think he's worth $20 million. I know that uh-huh. extra umph is probably the veteran presence and the coaching and all the intangible stuff, but woo, $20 million. I, uh, I don't think so. Um, put that towards Shohei Otani. <laughs> you know what? We can dream and we can certainly celebrate the potential, but it's, it's not happening. I think he's going to love Atlanta sushi and he's going to love hanging out with the high droves of Japanese culture in Atlanta. I think he's going to fit right in. He's going to find himself a new church. I think he's going to develop a love for fried chicken and he's going to say we got maybe one of those okay church it's chicken. yeah it's not going to happen actually we got church's chicken so you Ooh. know dependent on um yeah it's it's not going to happen who so mlb has ian as uh-huh. our as our fifth starter uh-huh um do you see ian anderson as the fifth starter for this team right I do. now i do okay then we will we will roll with that train. Sure. So, which this will be fun. Ian, two pitches, Anderson. <laughs> Best case think, scenario, worst case scenario. I think Ian Anderson, best case scenario, his fastball ticks up a little bit. His curveball, he figures out how to find the strike zone. His change up looks like it's always looked and he develops some semblance of a slider and he's no longer a two pitch pitcher. He's just a regular pitcher. And I think he can be decent. I think he's not quite starter level, not, I mean, not all-star, but like, like right behind that, kind of like what Kyle Wright was last year. I think that's what best case scenario for Ian Anderson is. What's worse. And then, Worst case scenario, oh gosh. Worst case scenario is he can't get guys out. He can't throw strikes. He's got a six ERA through the first month of the season. He gets sent down to AAA and we never see him again. Actually, probably worst case scenario is he's got a five ERA and they just never replace him because he, we believe in Ian Anderson. They keep giving him chances after chances after chances, and he just never figures it out. Best case scenario, and I'm trying to be realistic here. Uh-huh. Best case scenario, Ian Anderson, over the course of the season, develops that third legitimate pitch, whether it's command of the curveball or developing a slider. Uh-huh. But it, it takes him the year uh-huh. to really get the feel and really develop it. So he starts real cold. He uh-huh. has your five, six ERA in the first month of the season, but he ends September hot uh-huh. going into the playoffs. And he can be one of your one through fours. And he throws a no hitter in the World Series. It's not going to happen. Um, I was trying to be realistic here, Eric. Uh-huh. I'm just 
worst case scenario. And what I think is the most probable scenario (laughs) is he doesn't get a feel for a third pitch. He can't get command of the curveball. And to sum up what you said in shorter words, he is the next Sean Newcomb. Oh, I don't like that. He doesn't even. Am I wrong? Yes, you're wrong. He doesn't doesn't throw hard. And tell me (laughs) I'm wrong. I hope not. I really hope not. I don't. You honestly think he's Sean Newcomb? The, he's walk. He's. I mean, he's got the strikeout numbers, but he walks guys. And if one of his, I mean, he's, his two pitches are so predictable, he just gets shelled. Yeah. So yeah. When nice, I mean, his fastball is not hard enough. That's I think the biggest issue is his fastball is not hard enough that he can get away with it. Whereas at least the changeup is good, but you need the fastball for the changeup to be a changeup. Otherwise, it's just a slow fastball. Hmm. So. I hear so you. I, I just, I, I think, and I think that's worst case, right? It's not what okay. I want. Uh-huh. Um, reality will probably be somewhere in the middle. Uh huh. But I just, I worry that he is becoming the next Sean Newcomb. Yeah. Because I remember Sean came up and was lighting the world on fire, and everyone was like, "Wow, another lefty!" You know, with punch out potential and this, this, and that. And mm-hmm. I remember. I remember watching the almost no hitter in Colorado uh-huh. that Sean Newcomb threw and thought, man, this guy is the truth. Uh-huh. And do you know what happened after that? Uh, absolutely. He was never nothing. the same. Yeah. It was absolutely same. nothing. Yeah. He never did anything even close. And just. Yeah. He pooped on the floor and ran. That's, <laughs> that's what he did. So. I, but yeah. look at Ian. Ian, you know, top prospect, comes up, lights the world on fire, does great in the World Series, comes back, and... What are the chances that Ian Anderson gets moved into a bullpen role? Do you want a guy coming out of the bullpen with that amount of major league predictability on his fastball and changeup? I mean, Mariano Rivera only throws one pitch and. You still can't hit that one. Yeah, but he was also throwing high heat. Yeah, well, Kenley Jansen was hanging out in like the mid-90s, and he only throws one pitch. Yeah, but he has movement. Ian doesn't really have a ton of movement. All I'm saying is is Ian Anderson can give you one, two, three innings of like, oh, hey, yeah, this guy's pretty good. And then usually they figure it out. So I'm just throwing it out there. If Ian Anderson will sign a 10-year contract worth 5.6 million dollars uh-huh. um to be our long reliever in mop-up situations uh-huh. where we either don't want to use a bullpen arm or the game is out of reach at the moment that's great i would love to give him some job security in that <laughs> that's but until then but until then i just so that's that's my two cents right. um but we'll see we'll see all right all right, this is good. I would like for we... him to turn the corner mm-hmm. and and do that. I don't see him doing that. Okay. Um, let's hit some of those extra options. What do you think about um, Colby Allard? Best case, worst case. You know what? 
I think Colby Allard is the is the guy that comes up and down all five times that they're allowed to come up. And I think eventually he becomes the Jesse Chavez replacement. Okay. As the long reliever out of the bullpen, mop up, um, you know, kind of give me two, three innings. Uh-huh. Um I think he becomes that guy. Um, but worst case, he just he's he's a left-handed arm with low velocity and if he misses his spots it gets sent into Orbit. the battery yeah um i would say best case scenario for him dodgers last year had tyler anderson who just signed a deal with the angels and tyler anderson has never really before this past year was never really a regular starter was never a superstar or anything but Tyler Anderson for the whole year was like, oh, yeah, this guy's really good. I think Colby Allard can do a lot of the same things that Tyler Anderson did. He's a control guy. He's got a good curveball. He's he's coming from the left side. I don't see any reason to believe that there's no way that Colby Allard, a former first-round pick, now granted that was mostly because he threw 95 in – a summer outing and someone saw that and thought this guy has velocity to develop and that never developed, but there's no reason to believe that he can't be a command first control kind of not your average high velocity pitcher, kind of a throwback to the old guys. I don't see any reason why he can't do that. And maybe his velocity does tick up a little bit and he's in the 92, 93. You can get by with that. That's perfectly fine. So I'm going to say that's my best case scenario. And he holds on to a rotation spot. And by the end of the season, you're penciling him into the rotation for next year. And you got him for nothing. Um, Worst case scenario is he's terrible. They try him in a bullpen role. He's terrible there. And he gets DFA. I think that's, I think that's easy, easy to just say, nope, not it. And you're gone. And he's gone. Um, best case, worst case for um, Bryce Elder. Uh, best case scenario, Bryce Elder holds it down with the fifth spot, gives you innings, at least somewhat keeps you in the game enough that you hope for an above average offensive explosion. Um, I think worst case, he regresses into a bullpen arm. Yeah, I think that's fair. What about Dylan Dodd? Dylan Dodd, best case, uh, Dylan Dodd is this year's Spencer Strider. Okay. Um, I, I, I joke all, all jokes aside. I actually, I do think Dylan Dodd, um, if he really shows out in the minors, I think best case scenario, he makes his appearance in August. Okay. As a, as a boost to the bullpen or, you know, in a spot start, if the schedule gets crazy, uh, tired arms, and I think he he he's the kind of pitcher that does well the first or second time through the order, and then you need to start bringing in your relief. I think that's best case scenario. Um, mm-hmm. And I think worst case scenario is he just doesn't show up at all, um, mm-hmm. and he he develops very little in the minors. Yeah, yeah, that that's fair. I think with him, I think best case scenario is. He shows enough in major league camp that he is high on the radars for AAA and or he's high on the radar in AAA and for the major league club. And then he looks good in his first few outings in AAA 
and they give him a, sh- a chance earlier, sooner rather than later, especially if the fifth, fifth spot in the rotation struggles. I think he holds down that spot through the rest of the season. And like you said, with Strider, he's kind of your Strider 2.0. He's a guy that you're like, oh, yeah, I didn't expect anything. Kind of like Waskar, you know, there's a guy that you didn't really expect anything from. And you're like, oh, shoot. Yeah, he's a real guy. And next year, he's kind of back in the spot that he was this year. But with leaning towards him making the rotation rather than not making the rotation. Uh, Jared Schuster, you want to talk about him, too? Why not? We'll end it with Jared. Okay. He went to Jared. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jared Schuster, um, best case scenario, he, I think he's kind of your Dylan Dodd prediction where he looks good in AAA and then they give him a chance towards the end, middle to end of the summer and he looks good and he stays. And I would say worst case scenario is he does it. He goes down to AAA. He struggles in AAA. And he's just an average AAA starter. And at the end of the season, we're looking at Jared Schuster's man, that feels like a wasted year. And he never really got a chance. And he maybe he goes up to the big league club because we need a spot start. He struggles in the big league club. We waste an option. And now we're like, oh, gosh, what do we do with this guy? And we're another year burned off of his contract. Mm-hmm. It's fair. Uh, any uh, closing remarks as we wrap up? Um, I think my biggest takeaway right now is I think the Braves are the lineups in a really good spot in the bullpen. I mean, the bullpen feels like something I can feel confident in. I mean, we nitpicked at guys like Jesse Chavez and things like that, but they've got a lot of guys in the bullpen. I mean, Dylan Lee looks like he can be a contributor. Nick Anderson looks like he's going to be more or less fine. Um, they've got guys underneath them that, have plenty of talent that can do stuff. If you've got guys in the starting rotation that don't make a bullpen role or don't make a starting rotation can be contributors in the bullpen. So in general, I feel good about the pitching and that's going to be really good. But I think it's the five man rotation. That's like, uh, that's the one that I'm the most not or the least confident in. And that's going to be the part that kind of determines if the Braves are a early season favorite or they have to, make up some work. I think that's the biggest, most frustrating thing with the Braves in the last couple of years is they get off to these slow starts. That's the last thing I want to see is a bad uh, or April where at the end of April, we're like three games below 500. And at the end of May, we're like hanging around 500 or worse. Like that's going to be frustrating because the Mets seem to never get off to slow starts. They always seem to play like their hair's on fire. And I don't really want to watch that anymore. And I definitely don't want to watch that from the Phillies because the Phillies are even more annoying. Like, I hate the Phillies. I hate the Phillies. I mean, I'm not going to argue in defense of the Phillies because that the, the idea of that disgusts me. Uh-huh. But is it more annoying than a four to five hundred million dollar payroll? Yeah, that's pretty bad, too. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. I you know what it is? I had my mom grew up in New York and she grew up in Queens. So she's a Mets fan. And my mom's cousin is a Mets fan. So there's a small, 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 small part in my heart. That's like, okay. Like I like when the Mets are like decent. I don't want the Mets to be better than the Braves. Cause I'm a selfish jerk, but I like the Mets enough to like, okay. Like it was fun last year to watch them be good. Um, and then we beat them, which was even more fun. Sorry. Um, 
but I don't there I don't know anybody from the Phillies that makes me happy besides that I'm an Eagles fan and which is probably going to get me in trouble but whatever um so I don't like the Phillies I want them to lose all the time I want them to go oh and 162 and that would make me very happy could you imagine a baseball team going oh and 162 <laughs> that would be amazing I think could at that imagine? point you'd have to go to those games just to see if they can get their win and if you're 0 and 6 162 at the end of the season, do you want to win or do you just want to go 0 and 162? I I mean, it's almost like the, the reverse of it's like infamy. Like, do you want to be famous because you played on the team that couldn't win a single major league baseball game in a hundred and sixty-two twenty-six week season? You yeah, couldn't win one game? That's crazy. Ooh. That's crazy. I mean, even the Angels win a game. <laughs> even the Angels, even the Orioles win a game. <laughs> yeah. Eric, even the Orioles. Even the Orioles. I always loved the Orioles. I always thought that was a cool name for a team. I think their colors are cool. And I used to think that they were the Oreos. The um, Oreos. Yeah. That's what they should change Young. their name to. Yep. <laughs> I'd be here for it. Um, you know, a team who could go 0 and 162. And who's that? The Nationals. The Oakland Athletics. Oh, yeah, they look bad. They don't look the good. The Oakland Athletics. And on you that mean note. the Oakland Atlanta Braves farm system? Yes, the <laughs> Oakland Braves Major League farm system. And on that note, I think this is a good place to end it. I agree. Well, sir, it's been a pleasure. Um, looking forward to hearing from you soon. Take care. Um, to all you out in Braves country. Um, this has been the Ranting and Bravings pod, Ranting and Braving podcast. Um, I'm your host and co-host Eric Marcus with Kel and Key. See you later. See ya. Bye.